Thank you, Pastor Courtney. Let me settle first. God is good all the time. Let's, let's pray. Lord Jesus, I submit to you today, Father God. Whatever you want me to say, my lips is yours, my mind is yours, my heart is yours. Thank you, Jesus, for the privilege of standing here to honor your name. May you be honored and glorified today in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. Today is a day of remembrance. When Pastor Courtney asked me to speak today, I just said yes. But while I was seeking the Lord on what to preach on this day, it dawned to me that it will be a day of remembrance, a day of commemorating his faithfulness and goodness to me, a day of significance. Today is my 20th year in America. June 28, 2000, I came here. And this is my journey, God's journey into my life. Have you ever planned and your plan did not prevail? Well, the Proverbs 19.21 says, there are many plans in a man's heart. But nevertheless, it's the plan of God that will prevail. He would like us to understand today that life is a journey. A journey planned by God, filled with humility, obedience, and contentment. And Lord, I submit to your journey. My plans, my journey, my own journey. I came here in America full of plans for myself. I think you, do, you have that too, full of plans for yourself. My first plan is to get a job, a job similar to what I have in the Philippines. Like I was in pharmaceutical sales where you have gasoline allowance, you have travel allowance, you have representation allowance, and every allowance that they can give. So basically, if you are really frugal, you can save your money. You can save your basic salary and you'll earn more money. Isn't that why we are here for? You know, to earn more money? Say with me, okay, maybe that's not your plan, that's my only plan. Plan to get a job, plan to buy a house. Of course, that's on top of the list. Plans to get a house, plans to, me, plans to pursue my medical technology career by taking the test. 
plans to travel, travel around the world, travel in and out, you know, going to the Philippines, visiting my parents, travel. And to have my own business. That's my plan. And to live happily ever after in America, right? Why not? You know, they say this is the land of opportunity. And this is the land of milk and honey. As long as you plan for yourself, you get what you want. Isn't that right? Isn't that what we think? Oh, I will work hard. I will, I will. That is my plan. Because there's an opportunity there. There is an opportunity to do the things and claim those dollars. Right? But God's plan is different. It says in Proverbs, it says in Isaiah 55, 8, 9. This is very clear to me. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And I would like to give a version of that, Venida's version. For my plans are not your plans. My thoughts is better than yours. My plans is higher than what you think. That's Benita's version of Isaiah 55, 8, 9. So he led me to his plan. He sets journey for my life. And what are they? Let's see. God's plan, God's journey. He says in Proverbs 19, 21b, Nevertheless, nevertheless, the Lord's counsel that will stand. Agree? Well, top of the list on this plan is journey to humility. Now I call this place United States of Humility. Isn't that we are all humble coming from another country, going here? This is our consolation, James 4, 6. God resists the proud, but give grace to the humble. And he humbles me through work, through circumstances, through people, through work. My first job here was a cashier in Hollywood. And what does a cashier do? Take the money from the customer, right? But in that store, you don't just take the money. You get your Windex and you get your paper towel and you make all the shelves clean. You know, I'm a college graduate. I came from the Philippines. I have a very nice job there. And now I'm cleaning glass shelves with a Windex in it. And then I told my aunt, there's no money in here, 20 hours per week, four hours a day. I'm wasting my time. So he promoted me as a caregiver. Where? Caregivers are my heroes. Where you do the things you have never done, even to your own parents, way back in our home. Then God promoted me again. I work in the rehab, where everyone yells at you, 
the nurses, the residents, those families, because you don't give in what they need on time, their request on time, then God promoted me. I was an assistant in the office, medical records, where I was written up for insubordination because the supervisor is acting like the devil's adversary to me. And lastly, two or two and a half years ago, I believe, I was called, a week before, two weeks before, I was commended for do, giving my best. And then two weeks after, I was in the administrator's office telling me I am not fit to work anymore with new bosses. Is it then a humbling experience? Humility through circumstances. It took me five written tests and four actual tests before I got my DMB license here. In a span of one year, that's why when I hear people, they fail their first test, you know, I don't bother. I just encourage them. Because, and what is humiliating there? I was driving in the Philippines for 16 years, you know, with no ticket at all, no, no violation. And in here, I cannot get the driver license that I want. So that's humiliating for me, right? When you are taking the public transportation and you miss your destination because you didn't look at the sign and you don't understand the sign, you know, you get lost when you are living in a room attached to the garage when I have a very nice house in the Philippines. You know, those circumstances really dig into your heart. It's like, this humbles me. And even in the church, you know, God will use people in the church to humble us. I have this pastor's wife who told me I cannot do expressive worship because people are not used to it. And I can just worship quietly. In the church. That's in the church. You know? But God uses it to humble me. Another thing is when people laugh at you because your English, especially young people, because your English is different from their English, when you pronounce mission, pronounce F and P, V and B, you know, when they laugh at you, because it's humbling. It's not easy, but you take it. You take it to yourself. Lord, it's your way of humbling me. When you can just, when, when I was new here, we can, you, 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 seems like you don't exist. You're just passed by. Because who are you? You are nobody. But the Lord teaches me humility through that. And says, what did I learn from this journey? Lesson I've learned from my journey to humility is die to myself. 
It says in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. The life which I now live, I live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself to me. You just need to die to yourself while you are undergoing this journey of humility. Second one, it teach me, it taught me to forgive others. But, uh, Lord's Prayer says, Luke 11:4, forgive us our sin as we forgive those who sin against us. Forgiveness is very vital in the journey of humility. Number three, it taught me to depend on God. Lord, whatever you're doing, whatever you allow to happen, I trust in you. Says Proverbs 3, 5, 7 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. That's my journey of humility. And then, the Lord leads me to the second journey. Humility precedes obedience. You cannot obey if you have not undergone the journey of humility. I remember Saul. I remember uh, the prophet Samuel telling to Saul, when Saul did not follow, disobey the Lord's command to kill, to kill the Amalekites, which are the enemies, and to destroy all they have. I remember Prophet Samuel saying to Saul, to obey is better than sacrifice. And what is the Lord leading me to disobedience? Obedience to God's word, obedience to God's wealth, and obedience to the work of the Holy Spirit. Obedience to God's word. You know, why would I obey God's word? Because it's a command. It's a review, it's a command. You know, the Lord said to Joshua, Moses is dead. I will be with you wherever you go. No man will be able to stand against you prior to this verse. But in Joshua 1.8, he said this. The Lord is the one saying this to Joshua. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and you will have success. I like the prosperous word and I, have, I like the success. But before that, our words, be careful to do according to all that is written in it. That's why we obey God's word. Secondly, 
the Lord Jesus tell his disciple, if you love me, keep my commands. In other translation, he says, it's Jesus himself telling this to his disciple, if you love me, obey my command. It shows my love for the Lord. I obey God's word because it shows my love for him. Lastly, I obey God's word because I trust the word of God. I trust it. This verse says what the word of God can do to us. Psalms 19, 7-9. The law of the Lord is perfect. It will convert our soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure. It will make us wise. The statutes of the Lord are right. It will rejoice our heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure. It will enlighten our eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean. It will endure forever. And there's judgment. The judgment of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Obeying God's word is like my GPS in the journey that God has set for me. Without its guidance, I would be lost. Like you said, you, the GPS says, rerouting, rerouting. It means you miss it. You know, he is rerouting you. He's getting you back. That's what the word of God does to me, to guide me, to lead me into the right path. It will be a light in the darkness, refuge in time of difficulty, and a shelter in times of storm. Second journey of obedience will be obedience to God's wealth. I came here, I was a Christian already in the Philippines. So I experienced already the joy and the rewards of giving your tithes. But somehow, when you are in a new environment, the enemy is whispering to you, why will you give your tithe? There is, they have more money than you. You know, the Lord will understand. That's what the enemy is telling you. The Lord will understand. You keep that money because, you know, you have no permanent job here. You don't know when your job will end. But if you have money in your pocket, so at least you have something to get to in times like that. That's the enemy. This journey is a struggle because it's a journey of faith and a journey, you know, looking at the natural. At the natural, you might not have job or you might lose your job. But through faith, the Lord will provide. You know, we, they are opposed, you know, opposed to each other. But I thank God that I choose God's, I choose God's word. I choose to obey God rather than to look at the natural. It's by faith. It's only by faith that you can give to the Lord. And these are my provisions verses. You know, whenever the enemy is tempting me, telling me, oh, 
do not give them, they don't need, you know. This is my provisions verses. And I'd like to share it with you. The famous Malachi 3.10. Bring all the tithes into that storehouse, and there may be food in my house. And try me now in this. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. It is the Lord that is talking in here. Try me now in this. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will be no room enough to receive it. You know, that's uh, really cool you down. That's, uh, you know, motivate you to give. Another verse, another provision verse that I have is Luke 6, 38. Let's look at this. Give. It's a command. And it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. Remember this. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Okay? The same measure. You give little, the same measure will be back to you. The, it's your decision what you will give, how you will journey with God with his wealth. Lastly, this journey to God's wealth, this is scary. There is one who scatters, yet increases more. He gives, and it increases more. And there is one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. It leads to poverty. You know, you withhold. You thought you will use it for your own. But the, what did the Lord do to the poor man in one of the gospel? Poor man died because he, he takes only of himself. But in here, you know, if you scatter it, you give it, you increase more. Because it's the sowing and reaping. It's a multiplication. When you scatter the seed, it will grow. When you don't scatter the seed, it will just be there. And it might even die. Okay? I give because I trust God to provide everything. I give because I believe in God's promise. I give because I respect God's command. I give because I want to participate in God's work here on earth. Giving opens door for more blessings to come. You want to be blessed and be a blessing? The sure formula is obedience to his wealth. Why? Because the Lord owns Everything here on earth, we don't own anything. It's good that he made us stewards of those things. But when he chose to get that from us, because we're not using it the way he wants it to be used, so we will be the one who will lose it, right? It's not the Lord. The Lord actually doesn't need our money. He wants our obedience. Obedience to God's wealth. Give 
Do not withhold it. God's experience, God's mighty provision in so many, many ways. I've proven it in my journey to this. Obedience to the ways of the Holy Spirit or to the works of the Holy Spirit. Do you know that I was so adamant to follow the Holy Spirit? That's why I enrolled in wellness through the Word, where they teach you how to listen, how to obey, and how to do the Holy Spirit, what the Holy Spirit wants to do to you. Do you also know that the Holy Spirit, uh, obeying God's Word, studying God's Word, reading God's Word, precedes obedience to the Holy Spirit? Because the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth. But if we don't know the Word of God, if we are not reading it, if we are not studying it, how can the Spirit of truth, how can the Holy Spirit bring to us the Spirit of truth, how can He bring to our remember, remembrance when we don't have anything to remember? I enrolled at PSOM because of this, because I want to learn the Word of God. And I'm still in PSOM till to this day, continually, wants to hear, learn, study the Word of God. Because this is the Word of truth. You know, this is how the Holy Spirit, Spirit works in us. So, I'm here standing. And I can only stand because of the power of the Holy Spirit in me. Word of God in Galatians 5.16, Walk in the Spirit. You shall not fulfill the last of the blessed. If I will not obey the Holy Spirit, I will definitely, definitely, definitely walk in my place. If I do not obey the Holy Spirit, I will continue to be lost. If I do not obey the Holy Spirit, envy, jealousy, gossip, anger, slander, fleshures of the place will dominate in my mind. But if I obey the Holy Spirit, then joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control will rule me. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Study the Word of God. And can I say, please enroll at PSOM. You will have nothing to lose. You will have everything to gain in that. And God has provided us good teacher, Pastor Courtney, and, uh, you know, Sister Tammy, and everyone that is used in PSOM. I'd like to advertise this because I grew in that. I'm standing here because I'm a graduate of that. I am empowered by the Holy Spirit because of that. I know the Word of God. That's why I... I, I like to encourage everyone. Now it's in Zoom meeting. You know, you can just go home and open your Zoom and listen. Hear the Word of God through Zoom. Right? It is powerful. We are in Revelation. He says, hear 
what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. You can only hear when you have the word of truth in your heart. And you now, you are all listening to me. If you want to obey the Holy Spirit, and you're asking, how can I obey the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit will be deposited in your heart. When you allow Jesus Christ, when you accept Lord Jesus Christ in your heart. And let me pray. Pray with me this prayer. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Please forgive all my sin. I surrender all of my life to you. And I want the Holy Spirit to walk with me. I want to obey the Holy Spirit in my life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Lastly, journey of contentment. So, humility precedes obedience, obedience precedes fulfillment, contentment or fulfillment. You know, you have reached contentment in your life when you can identify with Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul wrote this when he was in prison. How can you be contented where in you're inside the prison alone? But he wrote this to the church of Philippians. I know what is to be in need, and I know what is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any in every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in one. These are three things that validates my journey to contentment. Peace. The Lord Jesus Christ said to his disciple, I leave you peace. My peace I give you. Peace that transcends all understanding, that nobody can understand, but it's you, because the, God of, the Word of God says, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Joy. Philippians 4.4. 4. When the strength that I have comes from the joy of journeying with God and not anything else. Not material things, not people that I know of, not circumstances, but the joy is the joy in my innermost being. The joy of the Lord is my strength, as Nehemiah said in Nehemiah 8.10. In here, we are commanded to rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. You have reached the journey of contentment when whatever situation you are, we are, we rejoice in the Lord. That's his command. Whatever, whatever circumstances, rest. You have reached, you have peace, you have joy, and now you can rest in God. Rest, 
I can give all my anxieties to God because I know He cares for me. I can rest in His mighty arms. I can face tomorrow knowing that it is not I who is in charge of my life, but Jesus who is the author and finisher of my faith. Matthew 11:28. Come to me, all who are you weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Why am I telling all of this to you? Because I am submitted to God, and I will do what He wants me to do. Today is a day of thanksgiving, a day of remembrance of what God has done with me for the last 7,306 days of my life here in America. And also a day to remind all of us that life is a journey. I cannot, life is a journey, a journey of humility where he teaches us. In this journey, he teaches us to die to ourselves, to forgive those who sin against us, to depend on God at all times. A journey of obedience where he focuses us on obedience to God's word, obedience to God's wealth, obedience to the works and ways of the Holy Spirit. And lastly, journey of contentment, contentment, where he satisfies us with peace, with joy, and rest in him. As I journey with God, he is also journeying with you. He's very much in charge of our life. He knows this pandemic and this demonstration. He knows that it bothers us. But God wants to remind us this word from Joshua. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Life is a journey. It's God's journey. God bless everyone.